कुंज बिहारी माधव कुंज बिहारी ये गोपी जन्नवल्लभरधारी गोपी जन्नवल्लभरधारी यशो नंदन प्रजन रंजन यशो नंदन प्रजन रंजन यशो नंदन प्रजन रंजन यशोदानंदन प्रजन रंजन ध्यान थीर वन छीर वन छी जय राध माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राध माधव कुंज बिहारी गोपी जन वल्लभा गिरबर धारी गोपी जन वल्लभा गिरबर धारी यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन ओशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन जय राधा मघव जय राधा मघव 
जय There's a message here. Someone who owns Toyota truck and a white Honda something something. Please remove from that spot. Get it out of here right now. <laughs> or else. <laughs> All right, so we're looking at <clears throat> Canto 3, Chapter 5, Vidura's Talks with Maitreya. <clears throat> and so it's text number 27, and I understand we're to do 28 as well. So do we, okay, we have this verse, so I assume we're looking at doing this one. Okay. The two baban mahatatvam Abhyaktat kala choditat Vigyanat matma dehastang Vishvam vyanjangstamu nuddaha So since we're doing two verses, do we get everyone to recite this one or the second one? How do you do it? Okay, let's go to the translation. Thereafter, influenced by the interactions of eternal time, the supreme sum total of matter, called the Mahatattva, became manifested. And in this Mahatattva, the unalloyed goodness the Supreme Lord sowed the seeds of universal manifestation out of his body. And in the purport by Srila Prabhupada, do you want me to charade it out? What would you like? Okay. Can we just... Can we just... Who's running the show here? Uh, I'll charade it. It's fun. It's more interactive. Can we just not look at it? Or just put it out somehow? Okay. All right, there. There, that's good. Okay, purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In the course, due course of the impregnated material energy was manifested first as the total material ingredients. Every thing takes its own to fructify and there the word kala shuditat 
influenced by time is used herein. The Mahatattva is the total consciousness because a portion of it is represented in every one as the intellect. The Mahatattva is directly is directly connected with the supreme consciousness of the supreme being. But I can't do it forever. But still, still, thank you. But still it appears as matter. The Mahatattva, or shadow of pure consciousness, is the generating place of all creation. It is pure goodness with the slight addition of the material mode of passion. And there, activity is generated from this point. Thank you very much. So now we're going to concentrate on text number 28. And uh, here it is. So, Bhagavad Drishti Gucharaha Atmanang Vyakarod Atma Vishvasyasya Sishrikshaya Okay, can we one of the guys to do it and then the girls and we'll go back and forth like that. All right. Sopyangsha-guna-kalatma <laughs> Bhagavad Drishti Gocharaha Atmanam Yakarod Atma Vishwasyasya Sushrik One of the dudes Sopyamsha Guna Kalatma Drishti Gocharaha Manam <laughs> Vishwasyas Shri, one of the Pitajis. 
सुखयंशुणखात्मा भगवत्तृष्टिगोचर आत्मा व्याकरणात्मा शोक्यंशुणखात्मा भगवत्तृष्टिगोचर थैंक यू वेरी मच सह महत्व अभी ऑल्सो अंश पुरुष प्लेनरी एक्सपेंशन गुना चीफली द क्वालिटी ऑफ इग्नोरेंस Kala, the duration of time. Atma, full consciousness. Bhagavat, the personality of Godhead. Drishti gocharaha, range of sight. Atmanam, many different forms. Vyakarot. differentiated atma reservoir vishvasya the would be entities asya of this so shrikshaya generates the false ego <coughs> translation thereafter the mahatatva differentiated itself into many different forms as the reservoir of the would be entities the mahatatva is chiefly in the mode of ignorance and it generates the false ego it is a plenary expansion of the personality of godhead with full consciousness of creative principles and time for fructification jai shall we just read it all together again one two three go thereafter the mahatatva differentiated itself into many different forms as a reservoir of the would be entities the mahatatva is chiefly in the mode of ignorance and it generates the false ego it is a plenary expansion of the personality of godhead with full consciousness of creative principles and time purification and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami prabhupad we will not look at this please okay there we go the mahatatva is the via medium between pure spirit and material existence it is the junction of matter and spirit where from the false ego of the living entity is generated all living entities are differentiated parts and parcels of the personality of god head under no i not but is over my my body is here i just want to mention all right 
So under the pressure of false ego, the conditioned souls, although parts and parcels of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, claim to be the enjoyers of material nature. This false ego is the binding force of material existence. The Lord again and again gives a chance to the bewildered conditioned souls to get free, yeah, to get free from this false ego. And that is why the material creation takes place at intervals. He gives the conditioned souls all facilities for rectifying the activities of the false But He does not interfere with their small independence as parts and parcels of the Lord. Hare Krishna. What am I going to do with these two verses? <laughs> Very technical. Uh, but uh, technicalities were uh, presented uh, by Maitreya to Vidura. And these two personalities uh, exemplify the, uh, the kind of like this unique relationship of teacher and disciple or student. Teacher and student, and it's Guru and Shisha, right? We do Guru Disciple Course, why is not Guru Shisha Course, or Teacher, anyways, Hare Krishna. Uh, they're having a discussion, like they do, and they relish being in each other's company. There's a lot to say about the world. <clears throat> um, and uh, it, it's just uh, the nature, uh, instinctive nature of the human being to ask a lot of questions about the, how the world came about. And uh, it's just natural. This morning, I got up and I started walking here, and the sun, the uh, sun hadn't come up yet, but the stars were out there. And as you may all just kind of like backtrack a little bit, when you were young, when you were, and you still are, of course, but younger, okay, when you were younger, and uh, it was nighttime, and these little twinkle, twinkle little stars out up there, and many more. And you wondered, how did it get there? It's so natural to ask those questions. If you have someone sitting down or lying down next to you to answer the question, in most, the most simple terms, uh, just say, well, there's a creator. You know, and this is the creation. And you are a creature. You know? There's a connection here, sort of a triangle. You are like a star. You are like a shining star. Uh, of course, movie stars, we always get that star. star. Why then? Why can't ordinary be? Uh, uh, these celebrities that we call them, they're not very good examples. They're not really good role models in most cases, you know? They act out scenes of love, but boy, Hare Krishna, you know, what can I say? In their own personal, private lives, not good examples. So everybody's really a kind of a star. Um, and certainly in the eyes of Krishna, the creator, we're all kind of special. <clears throat> and uh, 
even though there's so many of us, uh, each one is unique. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking at the span of this room here, and I see, uh, you know, people with different, you've got a nice light blue color, you've got a sort of a dark gray, there's a, like uh, one of those, uh, what it, it turns luminescent uh, orange here, which shows up in the dark. Mataji, uh, sorry, you got, uh, everyone's dressed a little differently. Nobody came thinking the same way. We all have, uh, <clears throat> I, love your, I love your hair. It just gets, <laughs> it gets bigger, it just gets whiter. <laughs> like a mountain guy. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's unique. Every spirit soul is unique, and you know we just usually we just count uh, us um, humans. But what about when you go out into the bush and there's bugs there, and they all look the same to us? But if you get really into their community, each one will see how they're distinctively different. I used to think that way about. No offense. I hope it's a PC statement, but. Uh, you know, Chinese people, they all look the same. All Oriental people look the same, you know? And then when you get to know them, it's like, oh, they're actually quite different, you know? I remember when I first got into Krishna consciousness, I was in college and I was taking a fine arts course. And uh, some devotees came uh, to our campus and just helped themselves to the lounge and just start talking to people, you know? Nobody invited them, they just, that's the way we were, quite bold and, and daring and, and fun, I guess, too. And uh, one of my friends uh, at the time, I asked her, so what do you think about those Hare Krishnas? You know, I was just trying to get approval, get green light from friends, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, are you, is it, are, do you think they're okay? And she said, well, they all look the same. <laughs> Because they all had shaven heads and and uh, and that you know poor paint on the forehead, they all had the you know the bed sheets and everything. They all looked the same. So I get I got to meet five of them, and to me because I spent a few hours with them, they all were quite distinct and unique uh, from each other. You know, and it was a, one of those people was Bibi Govindaswamy. And there were other devotees, right? So he was very kind to me. He spent time with me just reading one uh, story from the Krishna book. And it was about Krishna attracting the gopis with his flute playing. So I thought, wow, this is so damn poetical. You know? <laughs> Whoever wrote that, they've got a, quite an amazing imagination. So those were my thoughts. But certainly we're all unique. And you know when it comes to eating time, you know, with all of our preferences. I was sitting with the Chitananda Prabhu yesterday, and I, I asked him, you spend a lot of time with Prabhupada, and of course he was in India for 11 years, you know, at Chitananda, some time with Prabhupada, and said, I understand Prabhupada didn't like broccoli. And, um, and he said, that's true, he didn't like broccoli. But then he said, there was a sort of a campaign that went on around the world and Prabhupada different cooks and everyone was trying to get Prabhupada to like uh, broccoli. <laughs> and uh, it was, oh, Palika, she came out of the room once, he liked it, 
<laughs> so it just depends on how you prepare it, right? So we're all unique individuals, and I was uh, really enjoying the uh, little plaque outside there, quoting 518, you know it, Can you, let's snap it up. Vidyavinaya Sampanhe, Brahmanhe, Gavahaschini, Shuni Chaya Swapapuja, Pandita Sambhavarishina. It always works better when you stab it, it sounds more jazzy. But uh, it's, uh, it's about how we are all the same. And this uh, element of equanimity, which uh, helps us a lot to uh, overcome differences, uh, is, it, it's, it's just that it's very helpful. Uh, the humble sage, by virtue of true knowledge, has equal vision. He sees like a Brahmin, a gentle Brahmin, to be like that of a man who eats dogs, you know, like a sort of a lower conscious person. And then the other example is a Hasti, which is an elephant, and Gavi, which is a cow, and what is it, Shuni? You know, dog. They're all the same. There's five categories there. They're all the same, spiritually. But physically, we're all different. And the nice thing about differences is that makes it kind of unique. Like, this is a garland, and it's... I love the color combination. It's this like pinkish, almost like, I hate to say, Barbie color. Uh, and then there's a green. And, but the combination is really good. In fact, I will tell you the truth. The first time I went to Remuna in Orissa, uh, they had these uh, tiles in the temple room. And this is where the uh, Kirachura Gopinath deity is uh, honored and worshipped. And they have these tiles with these colors. I still remember this, but that's about 71986. Uh, I went there for the first time. And they had these colors. You know. uh, tiles with this combination. Right. That's beautiful. Okay. So uh, uh, I think we all enjoy the different suits and we all enjoy the similarities. So on my walk across the US, I met. Uh, one fellow, it was Sunday morning, and I was in Ohio, and kind of like near Cleveland, Toledo, that area, uh, near Lake Erie, and it was a beautiful sunset, it was pretty remarkable. And uh, I, uh, I was walking along the highway, and a fellow pulled over, and he said, uh, excuse me, but do you speak English? And I said, well, yes, I do, I guess I look like I'm from Tibet or something. And uh, 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 I just want to give you something. So he gave me a, you know, a little flyer, like the, the New Testament. And I said, well, actually, I have that already. You know, I have it with me in my support vehicle. So please save it for someone else. So <clears throat> I was kind of leaning against this car. He was, it was nice of him to stop and talk. And uh, 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 we were, I was saying, the, even though you're a Christian, and I'm a Krishnan, or Krishnaite, uh, there's a lot of things that we share in common. There's a lot of parallels. And I said, yes, there are some parallels, but the differences are really important. The differences. And I said, well, if we just sort of rest on the similarities, it makes us easier, it makes it easier to cultivate a kind of friendship, you know, wouldn't you agree? like to get on the same wave, you know. And um, so he didn't like that. He just didn't like that. 
He wanted to harbor on the differences. <laughs> and uh, so the differences are very important. And then he started to say, you know, he knew something about our background. So he said something about Vishnu, which was very offensive. And I, was, and I just said to him, excuse me, sir, I think our conversation is stopping right here. I hope you have a good time meditating on the wall that you built between the two of us. Have a nice day. Like, I don't have any, I don't have much patience with these kind of people, to be honest with you. It's very hard for me. You know, so the distinction is beautiful, the differences are nice. We have descriptions in the Brahma Samhita and other Shastric texts that help us to understand the nature of the spiritual world, which is full of variety, uh, which is the spice of life. And then we also, devotees always take advantage of the position that they love to take. We are all spirits, we're all the same. We are not these bodies, would you agree? Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, great. So, but uh, why don't we merge them together? Why don't you say, uh, uh, we have a philosophy, a tattva, a truth, and it goes like this, unity and diversity. And it's quite inconceivable sometimes to be able to embrace the two concepts which seem to contradict each other. Mm. And, um, you know, even in hearing Prabhupada speak or reading, sometimes he'll say some things that are kind of contradictory. Um, <clears throat> and, um, but if you go through the whole gamut of the teachings, you'll understand, okay. And it's all based on the differences uh, depending on Deshakalapatha, time, place, and circumstance, and in which context, right? There's that famous time he was walking with two sannyasis, and he said uh, to the one sannyasi, now a sannyasi is meant to keep traveling, he's meant to keep going and just moving from town to town and so on, so that's what I want you to do. Then he turns to the other sannyasi, so a sannyasi is someone who's very surrendered, so I want you to stay in one place and manage, manage the local, I think it was Vrindavan, maybe somebody's got it down. So. Uh, it seems like uh, whatever Prabhupada was saying in terms of what is a sannyas who's supposed to be nomadic by nature is uh, now being told to surrender, okay? And, uh, or to stay in one place. It seems contradictory, but it depends on the circumstances. It depends. <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> That's a nice phrase to use. <clears throat> Okay, so uh, what else? Time is mentioned here. Uh, I like that topic very much, and it does come up in the teachings from Maitreya Muni to Vidura time. Uh, time is really important to everyone. It's one of the five subject matters contained in Bhagavad Gita, and uh, time is uh, mentioned three times. Three times? Time is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita three times, chapter 10 and chapter 11. In chapter 10, Krishna identifies with different elements in, in this world. And so he says, I am uh, inexhaustible time. So that's a, a quality. And he says, oh, of subduers, I am time. I am time. Then in chapter 11, where the Lord reveals his virat uh, is universal uh, consciousness. Um, he talks about time I am, destroyer of the worlds, Oppenheimer. You know? So uh, time I am, destroyer of the worlds. These are real strong statements about 
how we should see Krishna uh, in that particular form. A Krishna is not limited to a deity. Krishna is not limited to prasadam, which is hard to put out to say that. Um, Krishna is not limited to a shastra. He's also uh, identified as time. So for devotees, time is really important, right? So uh, I guess I'll put the question to you for this. Uh, are we on time for things that are important? Are we on time? Are we one of those cultures that is on time? My, what I've observed is that people who come from sort of the north, they're usually more on time, especially when they make all the clocks, like Switzerland and Germany and those kind of things. Those people tend to be on time. I remember sitting in a, a GBC meeting and one of our uh, the chairperson of that year, he was from Germany, and please, it was time for uh, it was time for you know, a little break for your juice or whatever, and says, and we are coming back at such and such a time, and please be on time, otherwise it is very un-German-like. <laughs> so we can appreciate. That, that, that time factor, I think that's what Prabhupada liked too. He liked punctuality and cleanliness when it came to worshipping the deity and so on like that. And, uh, you know, Prabhupada picked up on some things that the British left that were good. You know? And, um, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard the saying, if you can't be on time, at least be early. So I think that's, there's something to be said about that. And... Um, yeah, and time does destroy. Time does uh, also create. You know, within the time factor, so many things happen. Like I haven't been here for four or five. Somebody said since nine, since uh, 2018 was it true? I think that was too long. But anyways, things have changed since I came back here. I think there's more grass. There's more asphalt. The, the, the house that was there that Genevieve was living in for a while, it's no longer there. I noticed that, you know, you pick up on these little things here and there. There's more Spanish moss all over the place, and, uh, and uh, things have changed. And, as I mentioned the other day, you know, there's a different coloration in some of us, you know, especially up here, and, you know, and, you know, more etchings, as I was mentioned. So, that, but that's okay, you know, it's fun to see the changes. Um, time reveals a lot of beautiful things. And I think it's really important for us as a community to recognize Krishna as time, to see no difference. You know? And so spend more time on looking at your clock or on your cell phone and just see if you're on time. You know? Eventually, if you, we see Krishna's time, it's possible that we can enter into the timeless zone of Vaikuntha. You know, we may get there. We just might, if we just follow, baby step our way through, in Sanskrit, it's called Shanai, Shanai. Baby step, gradual process. You know, make your, climb your way up. To the, I like this other sort of abrupt approach doesn't always work. Okay, surrender to Krishna. Here's my Bhagavad Gita. <sighs> Surrender or kumbi paka, you know. <laughs> you know, it's it's again, it's better to you know slowly handhold someone and bring them up to Krishna consciousness. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs>
that's always a good sight, you know, to see man at work. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we're talking about the time factor and how it's important for us to... That, that's my experience, is uh, people who come from, you know, more sort of like comfy kind of temperatures or where the, where the, from that to where the sun is quite penetrating and intense, they tend to be a little bit more lax about coming on time, right? And we always make a joke about that, you know? Indian standard time or ISKCON standard time. Personally, I'm kind of tired of the joke. I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore because we shouldn't make any excuses. You know? We should try to be on time for, for programs uh, when we're meant to be there. All right, so Christmas to be identified as such. Um, here we're hearing about the Mahatattva, which is a conglomerate of all the major energies, you know, which includes the three modes of material nature. And, uh, and the Vina Prakriti or Ashtada, the Bhumir, Apangalo, Vayu, Kanmano, Budir, Evacha, Earth, Water, Fire, Air, Ether, Mind, Intelligence, Ego. These are some major components to the physical world that we live in. And it's very interesting. We take a lot of interest in the, the physical world. Now when we come to Krishna consciousness, we're encouraged to realize the other world. So prakriti is something we're familiar with, material energy. We have to get in more focused in the Brahman side of existence, uh, the spiritual side. And hence we get uh, acquainted with it through uh, our sadhana, our practices of chanting Hare Krishna, our practices of taking prasadam. Probably at the top of the list is associating with devotees coming together here. This is quite a unique thing. About 50 people sitting in a room together, hearing about God, you know, glorifying God, and um, it's, it's rare. I was very impressed when I, uh, when I was walking across the U.S. and in some of the communities more in the Northeast, whenever there was a Catholic church, it was 8 o'clock, people would come into the parking lot, and a good number of them would come and do their little thing with Jesus. And I was in one place, uh, we came upon Tyrone, Pennsylvania. Anybody ever heard of that? Tyrone, Pennsylvania? Great. And uh, we stayed in an um, Airbnb, myself and my support guy, uh, for a few days in a, consecutively while we were walking in that area. And uh, you know, according to the um, I get whoever measures, you know, like they were at the top of the charts, like number three in the U.S., something like that. So the guy who <clears throat> we met, we said, listen, we're monks and we don't have much, you know, for pain. So, okay, well, listen. And he said, I'll let you stay for free, but on one condition, you have to come to Mass in the morning. <laughs> So we went at least just one day, uh, and he was quite a uh, quite an animated character. We had a real good time. You know, when you go on these journeys, you meet amazing people. And so he introduced us to the priest, and we sat in. And I was doing my chapa during the ceremony, and it was nice. A lot of the local people couldn't understand who is this creature and talking about me. And uh, you know, and I had beads, and they had beads, you know. In fact. 
I was in one place, I went to one church in Toronto, and I was chanting among these. And a woman came to me. She goes like this. You know, people do this or like that, but I'm trying to understand. I'm exaggerating just a little bit. <laughs> said, you're not Catholic, are you? I said, well, I, I have my beads here. There's 108. Yeah, and you've got about 54. So I've got double what you've got. <laughs> so going back to the church, it was an Eastern European uh, priest who uh, was conducting the ceremony. And it was very nice. Then the, um, the Airbnb fellow, he um, uh, took us to, to the, we also asked him, can you take us to the local newspaper? And so he did. He opens up dramatically, opens up the door, ta-da, here I am, and I've got some special guests for you. It's a traveling monk. So it was, very, it was a nice experience. <clears throat> but I want to say something more, a little bit on the negative side of Tyrone, Pennsylvania. It has, it's got a fantastic looking sort of like a Victorian red brick kind of downtown, you know? And I could visualize what it was at one time. A lot of the little downtowns in the U.S., they're just pretty vacant, like ghost town. It's kind of scary. Even though they put money in this, they spruce it up interlocking on the main road and, and la new lampposts that give it a sort of a classy look. People aren't spending much time in these places. And um, so, uh, but now it's quite vacant. And I also, uh, when I was walking through, I stepped into a store. There was a ribbon cutting ceremony for a new store. It was a woman that we met. She has uh, opening up like uh, health food products and stuff like that. So I met the main guy. I don't, I don't know what you call him, just the main guy for the county. You know, just like a, a, a political guy. What would you say? I think it was not even mayor. It was higher than the mayor. Governor. You know? uh, it could be governor, like somewhere. He was quite high up. And I shook hands with him and uh, said, so how are things doing? And he put a smile out there, kind of a superficial smile. You know, I was talking about how are things doing in the town. The county is like, not very good. Not very good. It was kind of sad to hear that uh, a lot of these places in the U.S. are part of the rust, the rust zone, the rust, rust belt. Um, and hopefully things will pick up, and hopefully things will pick up spiritually as well. You know? And uh, that's one thing people spend more time at McDonald's and all the fast food places than they do at church, you know, which is kind of sad. Most of those uh, places of uh, worship are pretty quiet. It just wakes up, DJ, oh, Sunday morning, oh, oh okay, uh, one or two hours, and then, uh, then it goes quiet again. And maybe just some, some uh, church, uh, Starbucks, is that what you say? Oh, yeah, Starbucks. In Canada, we have called Tim Hortons. Have you ever heard of it? And they're sort of creeping in here. And, but uh, yeah, that's where everyone goes for the donuts and the tin bits, they call it. And um, yeah, it's kind of sad. It's a feature of Kali Yuga. Less meditation, less prayer, more, uh, more self-aggrandizement. Yeah. 
So, uh, what can we learn from these two verses? Uh, one thing that comes to my mind is the world is very big, the descriptions given here, and I'm very small. I'm very tiny. Uh -huh. uh, I think I might have mentioned this to this group before. There was this uh, minister, and he'd been involved in the ministry of religion for 40 years. Says, I've been around for a while, and there's two things I've learned. Number one, there is a God. Number two, it's not me. <laughs> so this is a, uh, you know, looking at the world the way it is. And say some mornings have been kind of frigid here, and it just, it's good. It makes you humble, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Or it gets too hot, it beats at your ego. It just, it's burning and just want to stay in the AC. Lucky that I'm just want to go with that environment. Okay. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's just humbling. That's all there is. Or if there's an attack or you get your hurricanes, I guess they're more serious than the Miami side, right? Uh, closer to, to the ocean side. But it's all humbling. It's really good. It's very good. Floods, hurricanes, uh, volcanoes. Um, what else? Tornadoes. Um, uh, by the time I got to the Midwest, it was in Nebraska, and uh, I had two brahmachari assistants with me uh, when I was going from you know Boston from the East Coast to the West Coast, and uh, <clears throat> we were quite excited. Oh wow, this is tornado country! I've never seen a tornado. We were all like in that mindset, and we were talking to local people. Uh, where where are the tornadoes? And said, <laughs> you don't want to see any of them. <laughs> local people are saying, you know. So, uh, but we were kind of excited, you know. If you see something like that from a distance, it's okay. It's all right. But sometimes it comes close. And then you've got to watch out. you got to watch out. So all these things are humbling experiences. We have a mantra in Canada. That, you know, when there's a big snowstorm and it piles up like this, and you come out of your, you know, your apartment or your house, you know, with a snow shovel, and the mantra is, no volcanoes, no earthquakes, no hurricanes, just snow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when like material reverses come at you, and Prabhupada uses that term, uh, extremities coming at you, um, and of course there's the, the things that we have to deal with, the pain and suffering and illness and so on like that, and then hearing about the deaths of our dear brothers and sisters. It's, it's, it's very painful, but it is quite humbling at the same time. When you hear about someone who's passed away that's dear to you, uh, you're inclined to just stop for a minute and be like we did early on, still, become still, and you start to penetrate a little bit. You start to probe into life, what is it all about? You know. Uh, uh, and you start busying yourself, and you have to take some moment of contemplation. My dear Krishna, that is going to happen to me, and, uh, you know, I hope I will take it well at that time. I hope my consciousness will be fairly good so I can fix myself on you. But in the meantime, this other person is gone, and uh, I uh, wish to 
offer my respects to that departed soul who did so much nice service for his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada, and uh, may that person have a good journey going back to Prabhupada. So that's, uh, those are the kind of sentiments that we need to carry. So when we come to these kind of verses that are a little bit more on the technical side that I don't have much, I don't know too much what to do about them. I can just say, oh, this is very humbling and it's, it's kind of beyond me. And um, so that's, uh, I guess that's a good thing. And um, there we go. So I, um, I, I think it's a good time for us to just uh, open up and uh, raise the hands and uh, you know, raise, it, you, you raise your legs too, I don't care, just let me know that you're interested in, in uh, repeating something that was said. Hare Gaur Maharaj. Very nice, very practical. Oh, you, um, so, you are very nice. So since you, you spoke a little on time, um, I have two quick questions. One is, on a, there is no time in the eternal world. Um, can, you, can you give us there's no time. And they said there's no time in the in the transcendental world. Oh yes. Uh -huh. So can you give us some ideas about it? And the other one is um you said the vastness of the earth. When you're walking, mm. I mean I feel, but I'm asking you if do you it's like a practical experience that the earth is really vast by what when you're walking, I mean you do you get that, that kind of idea that Yes, I I don't know if anybody knows, we have one one person, uh, he was very much into the pediatrics as Abai, he joined, he joined in Detroit, and he did a lot, before he got onto the pediatrics that went, you know, let's say global, uh, he did a lot of study. He said that many people who have done these, like walking, you know, across vast tracts of land, said they all come out feeling the same way. And you know what that is? It's very interesting. We all come out believing in God. When they begin the trek, it's something different. Um, just like on the youth bus tour that had been on with Manaram, a lot of the kids that have been on the trip, the boys and the girls, they're not, uh, they're not sure if they even, some, and I'm not sure if Krishna's real, to be honest with you. So they're not sure if there is a God even. But after about three or four weeks together, you know, traveling and seeing all the temples and having all this fun, attending the Rathiyatras and so on. They said, I believe in Krishna! <laughs> and these are my friends. <laughs> so it's like that, you know, when you go across the plains or something where there's hardly any tree, you can just see forever. Wow, how small you feel. And how great is everything else. It's like to give another example, uh, during the COVID, I met a lawyer, uh, and he, uh, we met in the park, and he said, well, you know, I just want to let you know I'm an atheist. And I said, huh? No problem. I have a lot of atheist friends. Not a big deal. But uh, would you consider this, okay? You are you, and you are an important, important person. You, you play a major role. You do your services, and so on like this. So there's you, and there's everything else, you know? So, while you're important, isn't that everything else which is much greater than yourself in terms of magnitude and dimension, isn't that something to be humbled about? So that big everything 
Some people call God, okay? You can call it the universe, and that's fine, okay. But that's, maybe, would you, would you like to reflect on that a little bit? He said, yeah, I'll give it a try. There you go. So, yeah, and um, it was on the walk, and I was, this is the second walk I did across Canada, and I got connected with a woman who was a multiple sclerosis patient. We got to know about each other through an article in one of the newspapers. Does anybody know what a newspaper is? <laughs> they, they were around, you know, like a while back. But uh, this one guy did an article considering both of us, you know. I was walking for a little bit of a different purpose to promote, uh, you know, like go for healing of the nation. To, so so <clears throat> anyways, we got to talking and this one woman who's from British Columbia, uh, we got on the cell phones, cell phones were just a new thing at that time. And they were expensive. So she said something, Swami, I, this was her tone, Swami, I heard about what you're doing. I think it's just great. And I started from New Brunswick. I'm going back to my home to British Columbia. And I'm doing this walk and it's great. And I, I'm, I'm doing this to make people aware of MS. But I didn't realize it was, it's a spiritual thing. You know, she didn't anticipate uh, that kind of, that kind of, she'd go through that kind of evolution. But she did. So it was very, very good for you. That's what I'm saying. It's just a very therapeutic tool for long walks, pilgrimages, which our ancestors used to do, and which we don't now. We have found better places. Disney World, Las Vegas, those kind of places. Yeah. So um, I think it still holds true that um, take some time to travel, you know, be a nomad, you know, and, and it's very humbling. It's very humbling, yeah. So that addresses the first thing that you brought up. Uh, uh, the second one, I, I, I forgot the first one. Yes, the second one is about no time in the... Oh, oh, no time, yeah, that was the first one. Okay, so no time. Uh, I, I don't understand it so well, but when I get there, I'll let you know about it. <laughs> I believe there's a sun and a moon, you know, and these are usual, uh, let's say, uh, indicators of time, but it's not going to be like what our experience is. It's not like the sun goes down, and, and people love to see the sunset, but there's, it's also telling you something. Your days are numbered. More deeply philosophically. In fact, one of the last times I was in Cleveland, is they made this really nice arrangement uh, against the lake, where you can see the sun coming down, and everybody just gathers there on these uh, steps, which we arranged uh, at the edge of this park, and it's quite a lot of people. I was really impressed, and they just come to walk, and just, and then as the sun is about to go down, they just. Sit there, and once it's just done, once it's done beyond the horizon, they, just, they all clap like this. 
it's quite nice to see that kind of thing. And those are humbling uh, activities that I think people should undertake. We had another question here. Thank you, Maharaj, for coming here after a few years. Um, Maharaj, I had a, maybe a question that's a little more on the personal level. Permission? No problem. You've got <laughs> nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering that um, you started walking. Was that was there some inspiration because of your name, or? I didn't think about the meaning of my name until the first day of my walk. And you know, it was uh, I had carried this name probably by day, and then it was on the first day. I was I had covered. 47 kilometers already, that's a lot. That's a lot of miles, right? And it just dawned on me, oh, Prabhupada knew all along that I would do some bhakti on the path. <laughs> so, was that the motivation? Many motivations. Um, one was Prabhupada's centennial was coming up. You know, so that 496, so I thought, let me do something special. There were other people are doing other grandiose things, and I thought maybe I should try something too. And just more personally, it's in the book, I wrote a book called The Saffron Path, and maybe we'll try to get some copies here to the community. Uh, and um, basically, 95 was a rough year for me personally. You know, not my side, and it was impeccable, no problem there. Uh, but uh, there was just a lot of gossipy dynamics going on, you know. I decided I've got to make a change. And someone, an astrologer, said, uh, you are going through your Rahu and Ketu right now. And those are like dark planets. And I thought I should, you know, kind of like bend low, you know. Don't try to make a big deal about myself in any way. Let me, uh, you know, take a little bit of a different route. Uh, just let me go on a nice long japa walk you know, and be a, s a swami, like the very good sannyasis I have traditionally done. So I thought it was going to be a lot of fun and adventure. It's nice to see things up close. You know, like most of you are living in a rural area, but can I, my analysis would be a lot of us are not getting very close because we're in a car. And we go from car into a building. From a building into another building, and from a building into a car again. So you're not smelling what is to be smelled. You're not feeling the textures of the of the earth, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to get out there and see it, see Krishna for what he is. I wanted to understand him more, uh, being the air, being the water, uh, you know, all those kind of things. And I just wanted to get more in touch with him. See that the that the trees or the hair is standing on them. Yeah. So that's about it. And I actually wanted to get more in touch with the media because at that time we had sort of a bad name, you know, and there's um, child abuse issues had come up and it was in the news. So I thought, let me go out there and do something positive and, uh, and uh, make a change. You know, let people, uh, first of all, we were off the radar in the 80s. We were so much present in the 60s, 70s. About 1983, we were off the radar. Whatever happened to the Hare Krishnas? You know? So I thought, let, let the public know that we're, we're still kicking around. And we're doing things like 
walking for the nation. You know, uh, like the, the lines that I used when I was walked across the stage, I said, um, I'm walking across America. This is what I was telling Junius. I'm walking across America to make it great again. Maybe it's time to do it again, because it got worse. <laughs> We're such a polarized people. And it's the same thing in Canada. We have a prime minister, sorry to say, that he's not doing a good job. And it's, it's global. You know, look, look what um, happened during COVID, you know. Devotees were so divided. And, and it was almost like some people say, you know, if you don't believe in what I believe, then I'm not going to talk to you again. You know how childish is that? That that kind of stuff is going on? Come on. You might have a different opinion. And I, uh, and I remember there was a, a political campaign, race was on, and I dare not say anything to any devotees when I was walking, you know, about my preference, you know, in this regard, Hillary, or Mr. Donald, and uh, I, d I dare not say anything because devotees were very passionate both ways. You know? And I don't think, personally, we should get so consumed by these matters. It doesn't matter how much a, a conspiracy theorist you are, which Prabhupada was, you know, it didn't, he didn't let him eat him up. You know? So, you know, again, he's given us some direction by how he handled these things. Anyway, so that's my answer. I went for many reasons. And also, <clears throat> a little bit more on the light side. You know, when I visit, sometimes people do give the traditional foot bathing. I said, well, I didn't do anything. My feet are clean. You know? But when you actually go out walking, your feet get dirty and your legs are tired. So now I can justify having foot baths. <laughs> yeah. And another big thing, you stay at the temple, the food is always rich. It's a killer. It'll kill you. You want diabetes? Stay in a Hare Krishna temple. Okay. So therefore I thought, let me walk and eat what I want to eat and at the times that I want to eat. You know? Right. So all those reasons. There's probably 108 reasons for <laughs> Anything else? I know it's getting a little bit late. Yeah, it's late. Okay. So thank you very much. And uh, what can I say? Vancha Kalupakarudhyasya Vipasandhyadhyata Papita Nampadhanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namal Namaha